Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our city campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Only we had uh, more people who were receptive in such uh, profound, radical ways in the workplace. Um, I don't know if you've ever had someone do that before. I know we all come, and maybe you're here visiting for the first time, uh, or you've been here a few weeks, and you're on a journey of faith, and you're not quite sure uh, what the right thing to do is when you pray. Uh, maybe you went to a Catholic school when you were uh, young, and you kind of had your own routine. You were taught how to do different things, or, or none at all. Uh, I don't know what your experience is, but, but I hope that today... Maybe we'll be able to clear some of those things up as we dive into the subject of prayer. We're looking at prayer. And James kind of brings this whole, as I gave an intro before, James speaks very practically to how we're to live our life and how do we live in faith. And James wraps it all up right at the end of the book by landing in prayer. James speaks about how we're to live a life that is filled with prayer. How do we pray? Because James understands that for our life to flourish and grow, we can have all these good ideas, but it's when we walk with faith, connected to prayer, that our life grows and flourishes. In fact, James, following from the footsteps of his half-brother Jesus, understands that the power to live a life of faith is rooted in prayer. Here's a big idea that, that I want us to grab. I want to just say it off the bat, from the start. It's this. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful, powerful not because we are powerful, but because God is powerful and prayer connects us to God. Prayer is powerful not because we are powerful, but because God is powerful and prayer connects us to God. And we're going to explore that in the next few moments together. But why don't you get your Bibles if you have them. And uh, open up to James chapter 5, and we're reading, reading from verse 13 to 19. If you've got the, got the Bible on your apps, open that up, and the words are going to be on the screen behind me uh, if you want to read along that way. James is drawing everything together. He says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. If, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. In 1996, I was a first-year uni student. I know that makes me very young. 
Uh, and I'd, I'd graduated from school and I was kind of jumping and, and learning about music. And there was this one band that, was, that, I, that I particularly enjoyed. It was one of the largest Christian bands in the world, if not the largest Christian band at the time. And they actually happened to come from Australia. And uh, they were getting famous. They'd recently run, won a Grammy Award. And the name of the band, some of you may know, is called The Newsboys. Anyone heard of The Newsboys? Stick your hand up. Good band. And, uh, and, and they're, from, they're actually from Queensland. And so in 1996, they were playing at City Point uh, over there. At the, and, uh, and so I went with some of my siblings, and it was a great night. It was one of those first concerts where I just moshed all night, like I just jumped all night. Did anyone ever do that when they were a little bit younger? Um, it's probably not the thing you do now, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not young anymore, so uh, you, you young adults can tell me what you do now. But, but I remember just jumping all night. It was an incredible night. I loved being there. And it wasn't just incredible because they were a great band. There was, there was a bit of a history to, to our story and to my story because the lead singer actually was connected to my dad. Let me go back a couple of years. We're sitting around the table as kids and, and, and it's a Saturday morning. My dad gets a phone call and uh, he steps out of the room. He's on for a long time. It's clearly someone that he hasn't seen for a long time. And he's telling him about how many kids they've got and family life and all. Comes back, he goes, that was a really strange phone call. I've received a phone call. Andrew, do you remember John James? Yeah, he, he, yeah that young kid up in Innisfil? Yeah, well, listen, he's, he just called. He wanted to say thanks and touch base and say hi. He's, he lives in America now, but he's, he's, he's a lead singer of a band called The Newsboys. And, and us kids are going, what? That's incredible. That's amazing. They're huge. The story is, is that dad was a youth pastor up in a little town called Innisfail. Anyone been to Innisfail? It's where I was born. And dad was a youth pastor. And there's this young guy called John James who was in the youth group. He came to faith under dad's ministry and dad discipled him. Anyway, he was living in America now doing the newsboys thing, was in Australia visiting and just felt compelled to call dad and say thanks for all that he'd done in investing in his life. Anyway, fast forward a couple of years, we're really into this band now, Newsboys, and we're at this concert. And I had this idea that wouldn't it be amazing if we could go and say hi to John James, considering that, you know, he knows my dad, he knows the circumstances. So I, go, so I go up to the security guys after the concert and I say, excuse me, it'd be great if me and my, my brother and sister could go backstage into the green room and meet John James. What do you reckon the, the, the security guy said? Yeah. Nick off, go away, no. So, well, can you, hang on, can you, can you just go and check with him and say that Andrew Circum, Graham Circum's son, is here, he would love to say hi. A few moments later, the security guy came, comes back and says, will you come with me? He took us right through every other security part and we went and we spent a whole bunch of time talking to John James. He signed a CD. He wrote actually a letter to dad and gave it to us and we had an amazing time. You see, I, had, I didn't have access or the power to be able to get to Christian music royalty. But my name did. My father did. See, prayer has that same kind of power. In and of ourselves, we don't have the authority. In and of ourselves, we don't have the power. But we know the one who does. Our Abba Father, 
God our Father is the one who is powerful and it's through prayer that we have access to that power. Let me say it again. Prayer is powerful, not because we are powerful, but because God is powerful and prayer connects us to God. And James says that we are invited into this relationship of prayer. Powerful prayer is, James says, perpetual prayer. Powerful prayer is perpetual prayer. We're in constant relationship with our Father. And James starts off by saying that we are to pray in any and every circumstance. He says, if you are in trouble, in verse 13, it says, if you're in trouble, pray. Pray. If you are cheerful, then you are to praise. You know, praise is, a, is another uh, word for prayer. It's another way in which we communicate to God. You know, when we gather here in this place on a Sunday morning, you know, and we want to stagger in, still kind of slurping down our coffee and getting life into our bones, and we, we sing, it's not just a warm-up thing for what happens next. We don't just sing because, you know, it's kind of the nice thing to do or we've always done it. It's because, actually, we're told to sing. And I know sometimes we may not be feeling very cheerful when we walk into church, but there is something amazing that as we praise, we get a new perspective. God shows us who he is. If you're cheerful, then pray. Praise, bring praise to God. If you are sick, then invite others to come and pray for you. James is saying, whether you're happy or sad, whether you're going through good times or bad, in any and every circumstance, we are invited to pray. Paul says it this way in Ephesians chapter six. He says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. In Thessalonians, he says it a lot more simply. Peter, uh, Paul says, Pray always, keep praying, pray continuously, he says. In other words, we're invited into a continual relationship. You know, and any relationship, any close relationship requires continual connection. We know this, right? Out of sight, out of mind when we're disconnected from people or we live in another part and, we, and the conversation stops happening then it's very hard to nurture the relationship. We've got family living on the other side of the world. And at the moment, we can't travel. We're, we, we're, and so it's hard. To maintain connection, you need to have continual conversation. James says that, that we are called to pray always. Not only are we to pray always, but where everyone is invited to pray. It's not just for some, but everyone. We can pray for anything anytime, and it's for everyone. As I say here, everyone gets to play, everyone gets to pray. Every, this prayer is a partici participation sport for everyone. Everyone is invited to pray. And, uh, and, and James says, and it's clear here, pray for each other that you might be healed. And then he goes on to say, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. 
We're all called to pray. We're all called to pray for each other. And James says the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Well, who is righteous? We might read this and go, well, I'm not righteous. Therefore, my prayers don't count. Anyone ever feel like that? It's like, oh, I have no right to go before God. Well, here's the good news. We unpacked this a little bit last week. We gain our righteousness not by what we do, but because who God is and our faith in him. We are made righteous by faith. And so James says it's the prayer of a righteous person. It's a prayer made in faith. It's a prayer made in faith. God calls us to pray. We're all invited to pray. When we pray in faith, it's made righteous We're made righteous. That is the relationship that we have with God through Christ. Therefore, it's powerful and effective. I want to give you encouragement with that. God doesn't listen to your prayers based on your works. God does not listen to your prayers based on whether you have been good or bad. God listens to your prayers based on your faith. Do you believe? Do you trust and as we place our faith in him it's considered as righteous everyone's invited to pray we're to pray all the time this is an opportunity for me just again to say we have prayer meetings here in the church you're finding it hard to pray every day well Monday to Friday 7 to seven thirty on zoom you can join us the links are on Facebook the links are on on our on our website come and see me afterwards if you want to get the link and I know it's not always a great time, but maybe just do it once, once a week. Well, join us. It's very simple, very easy. And every month, every, at the beginning of every term, we gather together to pray. Each Sunday, we, get to, we create a space for people to pray. There are so many ways in which you can nurture and encourage your heart to pray and to pray for others. To lift your eyes and to pray for others. We're all encouraged to pray. Powerful prayer is perpetual prayer. James goes on to say that prayer is powerful, and this is a big idea. Prayer is powerful because God is powerful. As we read, James says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. One danger is that we don't think that we can bring anything that our prayers are not powerful at all because we're not righteous. But on the other hand, we can, we can go the other way and think that, well, it's all, it's all about our prayers and that our prayers, the prayers are actually powerful. And we read this verse, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And we think, I'm powerful. I got all the power. You know, I just, you know, I go, you know, a little bit like Bruce Almighty, just walk around and go, pow, pow, and that's it. That's the other side of understanding things. A wrong understanding of prayer. It's not our righteousness that earns favour with God. It's not our righteousness that means that our prayer is effective. It's about the working prayer that God uses. Or as as Scott McKnight says, the working prayer of a righteous person accomplishes much. The working prayer. It's God working through and in our prayers. I was out running uh, a few weeks ago with our kids on the scooter. And, uh, and some of the, the girls are much faster than Jacob and Jacob kind of runs out of puff. And I'm, out, I'm running and I come up behind him. The other girls have shot off and he just wants to pack it in and I, I'm not stopping for him. So I basically come up 
And I just start pushing him along as I'm running. And, uh, and all of a sudden, Jacob feels so much better. He thinks that he is smashing it. He, he starts to get cocky as he goes along going, I'm actually pretty good at this. And he knows that I'm pushing him, but somewhere along the line he's forgotten, kind of slides up alongside the girls, kind of getting a little bit cocky without recognising or understanding that I'm pushing him. We need to understand it's not about us. It's all about the wind and the move of the Spirit of God who fills our prayers with power. Prayer is powerful not because we're powerful, but because we access the one who is. And faith-filled prayer has the power to change us. Faith-filled prayer has power to change us. Prayer forms us in deep ways. There is something profound, and I've said this before, but when we choose to humble ourselves, see, prayer is an, an, an acknowledgement that we don't have power. Prayer is an acknowledgement to say, I cannot do it. I think it's, it's, it's actually quite important to register right at the beginning when James says, when you're in trouble, pray. How often, when we're in trouble, do we actually turn to our own means? How often do we try and come up with a plan rather than turn to prayer? And it's only when things get, we've, we've, we've tried our own uh, efforts, we've kind of made our own plan, we've created our own Excel spreadsheet, you know, whatever we've done, we go, ah, oh, this doesn't work. I'm desperate now, I need God. It's because we don't like to acknowledge that we can't fix the problem. There's something... There is something that happens when we humble ourselves, again, because this is where faith is involved. Prayer offered up in faith saying, God, I need your help because I can't do it. When we come before God and we say, Lord, I need you, that something changes in us. It's when we open up our life. It's when we open up our heart. When we say, I can't, that we are liberated and the Holy Spirit can do a work in our hearts. It's only until our hands are empty that God can fill them. Oh, if we could just get this, people, in our Western world where we feel like we are in control, if we can acknowledge and know that we are not in control and we've never been in control, then we are liberated to walk in the path and the heart in the way of the Spirit and God can fill us in a new way we can just get hold of that. If we as a church could be like that, if I could be like that, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, not relying on my own unction and power, how much more could God do in and through us by the power of the Spirit? David Fitch says, as we are formed by his will over our, as we are formed by his will over our lives, all of our desires become shaped by him. We're able to see the needs before us with trust in him. We're able to become part of something so big, we ourselves become enlarged. We see ourselves as part of God's mission. We then are able to pray for needs, including our own, like we never have before. Faith-filled prayer has the power to change us. But faith-filled prayer also has the power to heal us. 
James says in verse 14 and 15 these words. We're going to sit in this for a while because these are, these are powerful, heavy words. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Let me, I want to unpack this a little bit, this passage, for, for our last few moments before we're actually going to pray for the sick. We're actually going to pray for one another. We're actually going to do what James says this morning. James says, is anyone among you sick? What does sick mean? Well, sick is a general term here that James uses. It could be physical, it could be emotional, it could be spiritual weakness. You may be even on the verge of death. We see here with James, you can't pick yourself up off the bed. You need to actually call the elders to come and pray for you. And so there's a process here when you are sick and James outlines it, he says, call the elders. Now, Elder here, I, I don't believe, as I've studied it, that, that James means the office of elder. Now, when, when Paul talks about elder, often he's talking about a particular office. You know, at Gateway, we have a board of elders. We have a senior leadership team. We have people who carry the function of oversight over the church. Paul talks about that when he talks about elder. I don't think James is talking about that here in this passage. I think what he's talking about is he's talking about those who are leaders in the church, those who are spiritually mature within the community, within the church. And James says that call the elders to pray over the sick and then they are to anoint them with oil. Megs, can you just pass me just um, some oil? Now, uh, we've, we've got some of, the, some of this down for, for later. What in the world is this whole thing about anointing with oil? As we read through the Scriptures, we see that oil was used both in Old Testament and New Testament as a, as a sign of consecration. When someone was anointed with oil, they were being set apart. They were being consecrated for a particular task or assignment, certainly in the Old Testament. As we move into the New Testament, when we see the practice of oil, it's the same thing. It's a sign of consecration, of setting apart, of lifting up, of purification. And James says that this is part of a sign, part of a practice in praying for healing. Theologian Tom Wright articulates the practice of anointing in the church today this way. Anointing with oil uh, is there to this day as a very simple yet profound and effective sign of God's longing to heal people. Like prayer itself, such an act is mysterious. Yet for those who take what James says seriously, it is full of meaning and power. I think one of the tragedies in our modern world is we've lost the power of signs and symbols. So some of us might be nervous about that. But we gather as a church and every month we take communion as a sign and a symbol of our faith in the work of Jesus Christ. And it's not just something that is trite. It's deep and it's meaningful and it's faith-filled. When we baptise people, it is, it is a significant sign that carries great meaning and weight. And in the same way, anointing as setting apart comes with it significance, meaning and power. I do want to say here that that we can all pray. I know, I know James says here, 
the, we, get a, we gather the elders to pray, but, but, but we can all pray for healing, people. You can all ask for healing. You can pray. Every one of us can pray for others to be healed. And that leads us to another question of, does God heal? Does God heal? And does God heal today? I mean, we read in the Bible that, 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 God, that Jesus did supernatural things. And you might be on a journey of faith. I don't know what your story is, what your experiences are. And I want to acknowledge that maybe you've, you, this is your first time in church and this is new to you, or maybe you're a skeptic or you're, you're on a journey. You are welcome here and that's okay. Learn and look and listen and, and see how you find things. Maybe you're here and you've come from a different faith, traditional, or a different denominational tradition. Now, we come from different backgrounds and different expressions. I want to acknowledge that. What I'm trying to do here is to dig in and see what God says through His Word. What I do believe and what we see in, in, in Scripture is that God does heal throughout Scripture. And we see it in His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus walks the earth and He heals the sick and the broken. He, he, he spends time with those who need healing. God works supernaturally. He does heal today. We heard from, from Paul before. We've got many of you who work in the medical field. God heals in, 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 in grace-filled ways as well through very normal, well, not normal, but, but in terms of through human means. God heals that way. He heals in a whole range of different ways, but he also heals supernaturally. We see it through Jesus. We see it in the New Testament. We read the Acts of the Apostles. We see it through church history. And we see it today. I've seen it today. We've even, we see it in our church. We've seen it in the past months, the past years since we've been a church here in the city. We've seen people's lives changed. We've seen healing in profound ways. I remember a very formative time for me when I was a, uh, in my 20s. I was at a, a, a prayer meeting and I was leading worship. I, I, um, I sometimes, I can play guitar and, and lead some worship. And I was there as, 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 a, as a musician, a worship leader. And a, a girl who was in her late 20s got up and shared that she had a terminal cancer. And it was a profound moment. I remember in that, as she was sharing that God spoke to me, said, Andrew, there is a song I want you to sing over this, this, this woman. It's very, I don't have these moments regularly. And then I remember the, the person who was leading the meeting say, um, I think we need to sing over this woman. I was like, yeah, I, I do too. And so I remember a significant moment of, of playing and over and praying over this, this woman. I didn't know her. A couple of months later, I, I, I bumped into her. She, she lived in regional Queensland and I was out doing something else and she came up. I didn't recognise her. She said, Andrew, Andrew, I've got to tell you. After that prayer meeting, I went back to see the doctors and they could not find the cancer. I've been healed completely. It is amazing. Now, God does that. God can heal and he does heal. But does he heal always? Does God always heal in this profound way? I want to answer that question by saying yes and no. Yes and no. The word that James uses here for the word heal is the word sozo. And that word sozo means to deliver out of danger and into safety. 
usually used principally of God, rescuing believers from the penalty of the power of sin and into his provisions, into safety. Does God heal always? Well, if we are talking about saving, if there is a prayer of faith that goes to God in regards to healing and salvation, sozo, then absolutely. If it's to do with the forgiveness of sins, if it's to do with eternal life, then absolutely. We can say yes every time when prayer is offered in faith, God will bring salvation. God will save. God will heal. And I think we can connect this, and it's not just the word sozo, but James goes on. If we look at it in context, we say, if they have sinned, in verse, the end of verse 15, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So that you may be healed. Here's the great promise for every one of us. When we come to God in faith and say, God, will you forgive me? God, will you heal me? He promises that he will. And that we, every one of us, with our faith in Jesus, we will one day be healed, not just spiritually, not just in our heart, but in our bodies as well. That is the great promise. The eternal promise is that every one of us who have faith in Jesus will be healed. One day, he will make all things new. It's great hope. I was at a funeral last month for a dear friend, Charlie Borey, who was Down syndrome. He made it to the age of 50. He was a loved person in our community. It was a great joy to know for him that in his, bo- his body has been made new. His body has been made new in Christ. Does God promise that he will heal always? Absolutely. But will he always heal in our time, in this moment? I think we have to say not always. Not always. God promises to heal, but sometimes there is a no. We live in a time of the now and the not yet. I don't, even, I don't know how to explain this, but sometimes God does do those, that miraculous work in that, like that young woman that I knew. Changed her life forever. Instant, miraculous, unexplainable, supernatural healing. But sometimes it's a journey. Sometimes we suffer. And I know this is incredibly difficult and I've walked along people and I know many of you here are either walking a suffering journey, longing for healing, or you know somebody who does and you've been crying out to God and praying. James says, keep asking, keep praying. But sometimes we will not know that physical healing in our life and our time We live in this time of the now and the not yet. We see a picture, an image of the breaking in. We see God work sometimes and bring healing. Sometimes we don't. But it lifts our eyes to look forward to what we can look forward to. I use the analogy of of weather. Probably not so great in Brisbane where everything's very temperate and we don't really have seasons. But uh, Megan and I lived in the UK for 10 years. I know Megan really misses the seasons. You know, everyone is just, by the end of January, early February in the UK, everyone's just depressed. It's grey and it's dull 
and it's cold. In fact, I was watching the BBC the other day and they said it's been an unusually dull winter. Uh, sorry, unusually dull uh, summer for London. It's like unusually dull. How much more dull can it get in the UK? Now, anyway, and then you have these moments in February where the sun comes out and it gets to about 10 degrees and, and you can feel the heat on your skin. You, remember, you know this, right? You can feel that and all, that's it. You know, everyone's life is turned upside down. Shirts are coming off. You know, there's kind of like the, the, uh, the people driving around with their roof down. It's 10 degrees and I can just feel the sun rays. It's amazing. And then the next day, it's back to two degrees with the threat of snow. And everyone collapses back in, but they've had the glimpse of what is to come. Spring is on the way. When we see God's work in our world, it's a sign that spring is on the way. There is a day where there will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. God will heal. I've been, uh, my ministry has certainly been influenced by a man called John Wimber who started the Vineyard Movement. John Wimber had an incredible gift in praying for people and seeing people healed. He wasn't particularly old when he got cancer himself. And even though he'd seen many, many other people healed, he'd seen powerful things happen in their life, and even though he asked for his healing, he wasn't healed and he died at a relatively young age. And John Wimber would say as he prayed for people for healing, he would say this, he would say, I will pray for healing physically for you, but remember this, the greater healing work has already happened. Your sins have been forgiven. You have a great hope. I love what Soren Kierkegaard says, the Danish philosophy. He says, God possesses all good gifts and his bounty is greater than human understanding can grasp. This is our comfort because God answers every prayer for either he gives us what we pray for or something far better. That's a prayer that's offered up in faith. God invites us to pray because he is powerful. He is powerful. Powerful prayer is found in a powerful God. And finally, on a land here, powerful prayer is persistent prayer. James lands this here. He says in verse 17, Elijah was a human being, even as we are, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. James is saying, don't give up. Powerful prayer is persistent prayer. This is a reoccurring theme in the life and the ministry of Jesus. Keep praying, don't give up. Keep praying. Elijah prayed earnestly for years. And there is something about prayer in our hearts that God invites us to. And I want to say to you today, keep praying. Keep asking. Pray earnestly. Pray persistently. Because here's the thing we're invited to. Let me finish the circle because I think that it finishes here with this analogy in Elijah. I love this. You may not have picked up on it. Elijah was a human being. 
What a random thing to say. He didn't just say, Elijah prayed earnestly. He said, Elijah was a human being even as we are. Elijah was a prophet, yeah, but he he was just like you and me. Every one of us has access to the same God. We all can be like Elijah. We're all invited to pray like Elijah. We can come to God who is a loving Father. And as Paul says in Romans, we come to a Father who is our Abba Father. It's in Him. And when we pray, we have access. We forget this. When we come to God, whether whether we're praying in our room, we're on our knees next to our bed, in the car, at work, wherever we are, when we're perpetually praying, we are connecting to the powerful God. And you have access to that loving Abba Father, the powerful God who opens doors. Just as I was able to walk through some doors, not because of how good I am, but because I carried the name. You carry a name. You are Christian. You are in relationship with God. We all are invited to pray. Prayer is powerful, not because we're powerful, but because God is powerful. And prayer connects us to God. I reckon that God is wanting to speak and minister to us today. You know, as I look at this passage, I sometimes feel like, oh God, this scares me. This scares me to pray, pray with faith that people will experience your power. That scares me because I I can't control that. I'll be really honest with you. I I can prepare a message. I can rationally put together things and I can present things in a certain way. I can control that, but but actually relying on the power of God to do things, that's scary. But it's also incredibly liberating because this is not about me. This is not about you. This is all about God. And I'd love for us today to create some space to allow God to do what he does. Not us, but God. And we're gonna pray for healing this morning. And I've just invited some people, I've asked some people to, to, to come and to pray. Some of those who are on our campus leadership group and, and, and lead our ministries, uh, kind of tapped them on the shoulder and said, would you be willing to come and just pray and anoint people with oil? And so we've got a bunch of people to do that. And as we do that, if you would love to receive prayer for anything this morning, whether, whether it's something physical, you would like to see physical healing, or maybe it's spiritual healing, or whether it's emotional healing, God wants to speak to us. God wants to heal you. I've just got some words. Meg, there's a piece of paper there. I just, just as uh, before today, I've been praying, and then even during the worship, I just, I had some words. And sometimes God does this for me. He just kind of gives me words, and sometimes they're right, sometimes they're, you know, not, and I just, that's okay. But I just had a sense that there were some people here who needed prayer. So let me just read these, then we're going to stand and I'm going to invite you to come. We're going to spend a bunch of time here just praying for one another, if that's okay. Firstly, I just had a sense that there's someone here that an old issue has come up recently that is from, from your past that is just, that has grabbed you, it's taking you down, it's consuming your thoughts, or there are things going on for you. And you thought you'd dealt with it, 
but it's come up again for you uh, in the last day, the last week. And God wants to work with you. He wants to deal with you in that space. I had a sense of someone here with a, a, a bad left knee. So I know what that looks like. Um, I'm not going to go into it. I'm not a doctor. So I'm just going to say, if you've got a bad left knee, then we'd love to pray for you. Uh, there, there, there's someone here with a left knee that needs to be prayed for. Someone with a, with a, on their right side, they've strained their back and uh, they, they're experiencing great pain in their, the right side of their back. Just a sense that there's someone here with that. I had someone here that, that is walking through suffering dark thoughts and it's, and it's a sense of condemnation and shame. And the question that I had that has been going through your mind is this, is it worth it? Is this worth it? You are, it that is how dark it is for you. We wanna pray for you today. And finally, um, someone has found a lump and uh, in their right neck uh, uh, around their glands here. You've just, there, there, is a, there is a lump there. If that's you, we would love to pray for you. That was my sense of what, maybe what God is doing uh, for people here today. I wonder whether we can stand right now. And I'm gonna invite those people that I've asked, invited to, to come and to pray, if you can just come right now, because I'd love for you just to stand down the front and to receive people. We've just got, we've just got, and we would love to anoint you with oil and to pray for healing today. And I'll jump in as well and pray. Megs, you're, you're happy to pray as well. Thank you. So here's the deal. If, uh, if you would love to receive, if, if there, that was a word for you just now, I'd love for you to come and receive prayer. If you would love to receive prayer for any kind of healing, emotional, physical, or spiritual here this morning, I'd love for you to come. Um, we've got guys here and I'll be down here as well. And we're just gonna pray for you and pray that God would bring healing to whatever it is you would love to receive prayer for. They'll ask you to just share what you would love to receive prayer for. Uh, if, you, if you're not comfortable in sharing it, that, that's fine, but we'd love to do that so we can pray with intelligence and accurate and with accuracy. So the team are gonna play, but just come. Don't even wait now. And we're just gonna create a space right now to pray for healing. So come on, just where you are. Step out from where you are. Come and just connect with one of these guys. Come down and receive prayer as the team lead us. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.